Welcome to Idle Chatter, brought to you by the Machinery Digest, where steel and soil meet. A weekly podcast by a New Jersey farmer to all farmers and ranchers across this great nation. And yes, there are farms in New Jersey. Regardless of the crop you grow or the livestock you raise, we all have one thing in common. Agriculture runs on passion, sweat, tears, and machinery, and that is why the Machinery Digest exists, a no-nonsense, grease-under-your-fingernails educational website. It was created to provide a transfer of knowledge so that you can maintain, service, and most importantly, understand today's complex farm equipment. My name is Ray Bohax, and I farm too. It is time now to get under the sheet metal. Welcome to Idle Chatter by Ray Bohax, also known as the Hot Rod Farmer. Well, I this is my first full podcast. The other podcast was numbered 00, which is basically an introductory podcast because I wanted to get you to get to know me and also for you to get to know a little bit about the FarmMachineryDigest.com website and what is available to you on that. Uh, please keep in mind that this, the website and this podcast is for you. It is my sincerest desire, the sincerest desire, to help American agriculture in the only way that I know how, and that is through uh, education on machinery. Because you remember, it is not what you make; it is what you keep. And any uh, profit that you make on the farm, or great uh, yield bump, or marketing move or what have you can very easily be lost in the farm shop through a lack of knowledge or a wrong decision. So that is what we're all about here. Uh, I hope to have an interesting show for you today. It is my desire for that to be. And uh, I'm going to discuss a couple of different things. But first, I want to just tell you a little bit of a story. Where we farm in New Jersey um, has really changed a lot over the years. And we're only about 55, 60 miles from New York City, out I-80, and right west of the George Washington Bridge. And probably about 25, 30 years ago, it was actually quite a little hamlet here. It basically, uh, you wouldn't have known whether you were in Iowa, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Ohio, other than the topography of the land. It was uh, very rural and a lot of agriculture. And then over time, uh, the city grew out grew west and it is still a beautiful area to live in. I'm blessed to have the farm here and uh, but it's not like it was years ago things have changed there's more traffic more people and uh, and also the attitude of people have changed so sadly uh, I guess that's the way of the world but anyway I used to uh, remember many years back and we used to have a couple of cafes or well, we call them coffee shops here in the east coast or general stores and i know lots of parts of the country call them cafes and as a younger man i used to like to go there and sit and listen to the old-time farmers talk and jaw it up and uh, there was no lack of opinions in those cafes coffee shops uh general stores whatever you call them in your neck of the woods and there was often um very entertaining probably better than tv to just sit on the side and listen i still love to do that today i love to go someplace and i love to listen because if you listen to people then you could really uh get the gist of what is going on and uh oftentimes those conversations were 
opinion espoused to be fact. And I think that still happens today. Uh, sadly, we really don't have a coffee shop anymore where the farmers congregate. But there is a barber shop where I go to get a haircut. John's Barber Shop in Oxford, New Jersey. And uh, John's son Joe runs it now. And it's a politically incorrect barber shop. Uh, everything that we talk about would probably be politically incorrect. And it is a great place. And I've replaced the coffee shop or the cafe with the barber shop and when i go to get a haircut i like to sit there and listen to the people talk and and it's basically the same thing uh a lot of opinion uh represented as biblical truth so one of the one of the conversations i often hear and is talking about fuel and about gasoline and about diesel fuel and what have you and i've uh, very easily come to see that most of the, most of the information that's being bantered around is useless. So uh, it has maybe one or two elements of of truth or fact in it, and the rest of it is just uh, baloney. To be uh, quite simple. So what to, for today's podcast? I want to discuss with you the difference between cetane and octane, and I think that's really important for a farmer to understand that because we do use a lot of fuel on the farm, uh, predominantly diesel fuel, but we also use gasoline to a much lesser extent than, than most road vehicles are powered by gasoline. So it's important for us to understand what the difference is between cetane, octane, and how it's going to impact you on the farm. Well, if you go into town and you go to the gas pump, we'll start with gasoline, that you'll go to the pump and depending upon the part of the country you're at there'll be different blends of gasoline but as a common denominator we'll use three blends they usually have what they call a regular blend they have a mid-grade and they have a premium or high test depending upon the marketing terminology that that oil refiner uses and they always have and those identify an octane of the fuel so the question now becomes what actually is octane if you were to query a number of people they would tell you that it's the power that the gasoline has and you know over in the barber shop i hear oh i'm putting high octane in it because it's got more power and then somebody else is uh arguing with him uh incorrectly uh right for the wrong reason but that's the way it is so you go up to the pump and you have three basic octane levels there are other things that come along with those different grades of fuel and that usually is an additive package and we'll discuss that a little bit later into this podcast. So what is octane? So stay with me on this because it's very easy to understand but at first the verbiage may sound confusing. Octane is the fuel, the gasoline's ability to resist combustion through pressure and heat and wait for the arcing of the spark plug. So it's the fuel's ability to resist high pressure and high heat and wait for the arcing of the spark plug. In a spark ignition engine, which is a layperson we would call it a gasoline engine, when everything goes right that's called a normal combustion event. And if things go wrong, it's called an abnormal event. And what is the concept that could go wrong? Well, the concept that could go wrong is that you have a flame start prior to the arcing of the spark plug. Uh, to the common, to the layperson, that's when the engine pings or knocks. 
So Octane's ability is for the fuel to wait for the arcing of the spark plug and not auto-ignite through pressure or heat. So the higher the octane number of the fuel, then the 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 strong its its ability, its ability to wait and endure more pressure and heat uh, comes along with that. So higher octane fuel can produce can wait for more pressure and heat than lower octane fuel. So once you understand that, you'll realize that that is all octane is. It has nothing to do with the power potential of the gasoline. The power potential of the gasoline is actually read in energy content, which is BTU, British Thermal Units. And the average gallon of gasoline, uh, regular grade gasoline, has between 117 and 121,000 BTU per gallon. And the reason why I'm saying regular gasoline, when I just told you that the octane has nothing to do with the power, well, it has nothing to do with the power of the gasoline, but in some fuel, some fuel companies use some additives to raise the octane chemically that actually diminishes some of the BTU of energy, potential energy in that gasoline. And remember, what does an engine do, be gasoline or diesel? It converts chemical energy to mechanical energy. So that is uh, all an engine does. It's a conversion. It's a conversion from chemical to mechanical energy. So the higher the octane fuel, the, the, the it'll resist combustion through pressure and heat to a higher level. The lower the octane fuel, it will ignite very easily. All right, so now we're going to break away from that for a minute, so just stay with me, and we're going to talk about cetane. Cetane is a qualifier that is used for diesel fuel, and many people think that it is the same as octane, and that is not true. It's only a partial truth. Cetane is the qualifier that we use to identify one component of the diesel fuel, and it's the exact opposite. It's the polar opposite of octane. Cetane is the fuel's eagerness to ignite, whereas octane is the fuel resisting combustion through pressure and heat. The cetane value of diesel fuel is its eagerness to combust. The higher the cetane value, so if you have a cetane rating of 40 versus 35, then the 40 fuel is is more eager, has a, a greater level of eagerness to combust. And that is very important in a diesel engine because a diesel, why it's called compression ignition, heats the air in the cylinder to such a point that the fuel auto-combusts. So it's the exact opposite of a gasoline engine. So the higher the cetane value of the diesel fuel will mean that that fuel is e more eager. It's, it'll, it'll combust sooner at a lower temperature, which is what you actually want on a diesel engine, and it's the opposite of what you want on a gasoline engine. And why is that so? Well, if you could get the fuel to combust sooner in a diesel engine, then you will use more of that potential energy to drive the crankshaft. So it's a greater level of chemical to mechanical energy exchange. And a diesel engine will talk to you. One of the things, uh, its combustion event is very noisy. Within the engineering community, we have a term called NVH, which is noise, vibration, and harshness. And uh, the, the diesel combustion event will talk to you. 
and if you have low cetane fuel then it'll be a coarser combustion it'll be a rougher sounding combustion that does not to be confused with the engine running rough it'll be a rougher harsher unpleasant combustion sound than with a higher cetane fuel because what will be happening is that fuel will actually be igniting later in the pistons movement in the bore so instead of having the full potential energy of the fuel push down on the piston as the as the flame expands the piston would have already be coming down slightly in the bore because the fuel was very lazy to ignite so if you want to think of cetane as the fuel's laziness or eagerness it is uh, that would be a proper way to look at it so you want to have the highest cetane possible most fuel that you will buy in the United States is around 40 to 45 cetane and interestingly enough a lot of um, manufacturers of vehicles and I do not know if this is true with farm equipment I doubt it but with uh, with pickup trucks for instance Ford ships all of their power stroke powered pickup trucks from the factory with 50 cetane fuel whereas subsequently uh, most people will be putting 40 to 45 cetane fuel in it afterwards so the higher the cetane the better the uh, sooner excuse me the sooner that the combustion will take place and then you will have more chemical uh, to mechanical energy exchange getting back to a gasoline engine for a minute on a gasoline engine uh, what's going to happen is that if that fuel auto combusts so detonation or ping because it does not have enough octane then there is actually two flame fronts colliding with one another there's the flame that started through the abnormal combustion the auto combustion event and then eventually a few microseconds later the flame uh, starts from the spark plug propagates out from the arcing of the spark plug the way I like to teach this when I teach uh, in the agricultural industry and automotive industry is there used to be an old movie by John Wayne I probably came out in the 60s then it was called Hellfighters and I think it was uh, based upon Red Adair's life in Texas then he was very famous for putting out oil well fires in the Texas panhandle there and the way they would put out an oil well fire and I don't know if they still do it the same way today is they would actually take a crane and put a, a small explosive device in and move it into the middle of the flame coming out of the oil well and they would ignite the bomb or the explosive device and that would actually blow out the oil well fire because you would blow out and push all the oxygen out and consume it and you would uh, you would separate the oxygen from the oil and it would stop the oil would still be spurting out of the well but there would be no more flame so you could think of that the same way in a gasoline engine when a gasoline engine detonates pings um, whichever term you're familiar with there actually is an aside to this there actually is an engineering qualifier for ping uh, detonation pre-ignition post ignition but for this particular discussion we don't need to go there and when the engine talks to you and it's pinging and knocking what's actually happening is you have a flame front that first started 
uh, because of the fuel's inability to resist pressure and heat and started to go across the bore and then you'd have the second flame front a micro, few microseconds later which is thousands of a second later originating from the spark plug and propagating out and then what will happen is they will hit each other and when they hit each other they collide and that causes a shock wave that goes down into the piston the connecting rod and the bearing and the, the pinging sound you hear is actually the piston and the rod and the bearing rattling that's why it sounds like a rattling because it's actually rattling in the bore and it's of great detriment because there's a pressure spike there and that rattling will affect the uh, the life of the engine but as an aside to this also the when you have detonation in the gasoline engine abnormal combustion then there is an emission called oxides of nitrogen that goes very very high and uh, oxides of nitrogen is one of the main reasons why diesel engines have such complicated emission controls on tier 4 with a uh, diesel particulate filter diesel oxidation catalyst and predominantly for oxides of nitrogen and SCR uh, supplemental catalytic reduction that uses diesel exhaust fluid so both gasoline engines and diesel engines produce oxides of nitrogen which actually impacts the uh, the ozone layer in the air so and oxides of nitrogen are produced through pressure heat and exposure time exposure time meaning the length of the combustion event so what will happen is that when a gasoline engine detonates not only are you uh, destroying the engine internally but you're putting out uh, you're putting out a lot of emissions and because of those two flame fronts the, you are not getting the most potential energy from that gasoline so the chemical to mechanical energy exchange is reduced another way I like to explain that uh, when I'm in the classroom or giving a lecture one of my workshops and if you go on to the website and you click under the learn tab on farmmachinerydigest.com you'll get to a listing of my workshops and they're free to all attendees so I uh, just wanted to put that in there but if you ever went on a boat and went on a lake and you have two boats going uh, passing each other in opposite directions when the two wakes collide they'll splash up and that's actually what's happening in a gasoline engine when there is detonation the two flame fronts are colliding and they blow each other out and then the shock wave from that collision of the flame goes into the engine and in, uh, into the engine components to bearing the pistons and the rings and they end up uh, wearing them excessively along with the other things we said now to get back to diesel cetane uh, one of the problems that we have in the industry is that diesel fuel is a commodity it is uh, sold like grain it's actually if you look at uh, the New York Mercantile Exchange and maybe the Chicago Board of Trade I don't know if it's on there but you could look in the Wall Street Journal or go online and see the diesel fuel is is traded as a commodity and it is put through a pipeline and it is all mixed together and just like corn if you take if you were to harvest your crop and you would go to the grain elevator well this guy has this guy brought uh, 110 day pioneer there another one brought uh, 98 day mycogen seed and one is uh, another another variety another hybrid and it all goes into the grain elevator and it gets sold and mixed together it's no perceivable difference between the kernels of corn like that and the same thing happens with diesel fuel and the uh, there there is there is an industry standard for cetane but 
it is it is basically a uh, honor system and it is not really a guideline that the government truly enforces and most diesel fuel sold in the United States is around 40 cetane and that is good it is fine but it is truly not if you spoke to an engineer that developed a diesel engine is that he wants a lot more than 40 cetane he probably wants up near 50 cetane to get the most power and life out of that engine and the best fuel economy and also keep in mind that with today's engines on both farm equipment and road vehicles with diesel engines with tier 4 emissions is that when you have lower cetane fuel that combustion process is not as efficient and it raises all of the emissions which then taxes the diesel oxidation catalyst uh, the diesel particulate filter which would cause more regeneration cycles and then also the supplemental catalytic reduction the SCR system which would cause the vehicle or the machine to use uh, more diesel exhaust fluid so the whole idea is you basically want to try to run the highest cetane fuel as possible and that'll make the engine much happier the combustion event will be quieter and you will build less deposits on the pistons the rings less pollution in the oil and just be a, a happier camper all along so now how do you the problem is is that when you buy diesel fuel if you go to town and go up to the pump there may be a sticker that says this is minimum 40 cetane or there may not be i know over here in new jersey where i farm only one brand of gas uh, which used to be hess and then it was bought out by marathon oil and there's now speedway here they have a um, a sticker on the pump that says a minimum of 40 cetane so hopefully that's what you're getting but it's very simple with a diesel engine what you could do is you could add a cetane booster i look at diesel additives and i'm going to do a podcast on that probably a month or two from now four five six weeks from now i don't want to have them all about fuel is that i look at diesel a diesel uh, fuel additive as I do crop protect protection you want as many modes of action for instance on our sweet corn uh, we use uh, Acuron we used to we used to use Lumax and now we use Acuron which is three modes of action it's three different groups I think it's a 15 uh, I don't remember I'd be I shouldn't be saying it but it is three modes of action uh, three different groups of action I should really know that right but anyway uh, and if you look at a diesel fuel additive you could buy a product that just a cetane booster and that is what's called chemical cetane it is a little different than the, the natural cetane that is created in the refined fuel but nonetheless they both uh, have the same effect they just get there in a different way so when the fuel is refined the, the oil into uh, diesel fuel it is called uh, natural cetane and when you add a chemical to the fuel that's called chemically induced cetane but they both have the same effect of making the fuel more eager to ignite but what I like to do is look for as many modes of action in the fuel additive that I'm putting in my diesel fuel as possible and um, if you look around uh, I use a company from Buffalo New York called FPPF Total Power and uh, that actually has seven modes of action so it, it treats the fuel in seven different ways just like a herbicide that would have multiple modes of action is much more effective 
but you could also buy just a cetane improver and if you put that cetane improver in it will raise the cetane of the fuel and the engine will like that it will not do anything else unless you have multiple modes of action with gasoline they do have octane um, additives but you're probably better off buying the octane at the pump it's cheaper and easier to work with but I do want to um, I don't want to mislead you here the thing basically is is that if your gasoline engine runs fine on 87 octane fuel then you are golden you do not need to invest in any more octane and today's modern engines have a very very good combustion chamber and the combustion chamber has a very quick burn rate or the flame travels very quickly across the bore and why that is important is that think of a, a rabbit crossing a road or a turtle crossing a road if a rabbit crosses a road he runs very fast and the likelihood of him getting run over is not that great a turtle crosses very slowly because by the way God made him he is not fast and he has much more of a likelihood or possibility of getting run over because his exposure time when he's in the road is longer well the same thing happens in the gasoline engine if you have a combustion chamber design that has a very fast burn rate then it, it's the rabbit the exposure time for something to go wrong and in engineering what we call the going wrong is an abnormal combustion event or a rogue flame front starting is diminished greatly so with a slow burn it has the likelihood of another flame starting is much greater and today's engines have very quick combustion chambers very quick burn rates and for the gearheads in there flame speed is is measured in meters per second that's the metric that is used to measure it so with today's modern engines they have a very fast burn rate of in the combustion chamber and that means that they could run a high compression ratio and compression ratio in an engine doesn't necessarily give you power it gives you thermal efficiency or fuel efficiency in lay terms and be able to use low octane fuel so you do not i don't want you to listen to this and say i'm going to go out and, and and just buy pay 30 40 cents a gallon more for high high octane fuel a good metric a good a, a good test for you to do is that if you were to put higher octane fuel in the engine of your car truck whatever it may be and you got better performance or better fuel economy then you know that it was experiencing some abnormal combustion detonation or ping that you may not have heard and also the modern engine today has a lot of electronic controls that if it hears detonation it actually changes the spark advance curve to eliminate it but we won't get into that there but a well-tuned carbon-free gasoline engine will run extremely well on 87 octane fuel and will see no increase in performance drivability with a higher octane fuel and that's your key all of my gas engines I run 87 octane fuel but I make a, a concerned effort to use a good fuel additive like Chevron Tecron fuel systems cleaner to keep the piston crown and the intake valve uh, clean from carbon deposits which would want to cause abnormal combustion so before we get into our special delivery section which basically is letters that people have written to me with questions or problems I just want to recap this very simple I took you all around and I appreciate you staying with me for this octane is the fuels ability to resist combustion through pressure 
or heat and or heat and wait for the arcing of the spark plug the higher the octane of the fuel the more resistance it has it has nothing to do with power if the engine makes more power with higher octane fuel that is simply because it was knocking or pinging and there was a reduced chemical to mechanical energy exchange cetane on the other hand is the fuel's eagerness to to ignite the higher the cetane the more eager the fuel is to ignite will give you faster starts better throttle response better fuel economy more performance and it'll be and less emissions so the higher the cetane the better it is on diesel fuel and it is the eagerness to to ignite so the octane and cetane are actually the the polar opposites of one another and if you go to uh the website i if i don't have it up yet i will be having an article about octane and cetane to reiterate this so now to move on to our special delivery segment special delivery is a segment uh, that i include when i have the opportunity when, when somebody sends me a letter and so if you have any questions about anything what have you could be it could be a problem you have with an engine or vehicle a uh, piece of farm equipment tractor combine irrigation pump and or you just want something clarified send it to hot rod farmer at farmmachinerydigest.com and I will either respond to you directly through an email and sometimes I also uh, like to call people because it's a lot easier to have a dialogue over the telephone and to send emails back and forth 50 times and if I and if and I may also include uh, your letter in the podcast so I have two letters here today and let me see they didn't type to uh, to uh, to they type clearly but uh, for some reason not to uh, too dark okay and this was from Keith and I believe that he is in North Carolina and I will read it verbatim I have a JCB backhoe 1988 or 1989 model 1400B. It has a Perkins engine in it around 95 horsepower. After running it a couple of hours and it getting to maximum temperature, it will start skipping and runs, I got to change the page, runs out of fuel. I have put an electric inline fuel pump on it, but it still runs out of fuel. It only does this after it gets good and warm. It is not running hot. I will not keep the fuel, it will not keep the fuel filter on the top of the engine full. It does have a small leak on the main fuel injector pump when it is running. My father bought the backhoe new, and when he died, he left it to me. I don't want to get rid of it because I use it on the farm I have. But it is dollar after dollar, and I can't keep spending money I don't have. And I'm afraid the injector pump is the problem. Can you point me in the right direction to start without breaking the bank? Thanks, Keith, Boonville, North Carolina. Well, thanks so much for uh, contacting me, Keith. Well, first of all, I want to say to you that to my way of thinking, that backhoe is kinfolk. Your dad bought it back uh, 30 years ago it's been in the family since new to me machinery becomes kinfolk so uh so let's forget about getting rid of it and let's fix it um <clears throat> from your letter what i tend to think uh is happening is the fuel is becoming aerated now i do have a concern with uh, you said that there is a leak at the injection pump but you're not saying where it is so i don't know uh whether it's at the injection pump prior uh, to the lines 
going to each injector or the fuel inlet. But regardless, uh, that should not impact the fuel filter uh, running out of fuel. That because the fuel filter is going to be before the injection pump and the, the, there's usually a fuel water separator before the lift pump and then there's a fuel filter uh, sometimes in some applications before the lift pump and then again after the lift pump to the injection pump. What I think is happening is that you're getting entrained air, air bubbles into the fuel system. And keep in mind that a diesel engine pumps more fuel than it uses. So it always recirculates that fuel and brings it back to the tank because it's pumping more than it uses. So I tend to think what's happening, and I've seen this before, the only problem is that you have to be Sherlock Holmes and you have to look for it, is that I think when the fuel is getting hot, uh, there's either a porous line, a porous hose, or a connection. Lots of times in the fuel tank you'll have a pickup tube that uh, that has a hole in it and it's becoming and sucking in air. Or I can't tell you where the air is coming from, but I feel very well convinced that it's sucking in air and starting to lose its siphon and introducing air bubbles into the system. What I would do, and I know that oftentimes this is easier said than done, go into town and get some clear plastic fuel line. And you're not going to keep it on there for too long, so don't worry about it as long as it could. Uh, diesel fuel is much less uh, aggressive than gasoline as far as eating a plastic line is concerned. We need to put a clear plastic line uh, from the lift f uh, to the lift pump, a section of it, and from the lift pump to the injection pump. And then... Uh, and what you want to do is you want to run the, the backhoe and get it into the situation that causes the fuel for it to run out of fuel. It's basically running the fuel filter dry. And then have a helper or yourself, you could get off it and have it running, and look to see whether there is a, a lot of air bubbles in that system and where you are losing the fuel. By using the clear line, you're able to identify where the fuel is lost because you won't see it. And you know, keep in mind, as soon as you start the machine with the clear line on and it's cold, you know, put eyeballs on that so you have some qualifier to see, you know, how much entrained air there may be uh, initially, and then that'll give you a good idea of what's happening. And then once you see where that fuel is going backwards, it's going to be a, a it's going to be a seek and, uh, seek and search mission. You're going to have to go out and see why it's sucking air or what's, why it's losing the siphon. I would tend to think that's probably got a uh, bad connection going to the fuel tank or something going on in the fuel tank because you put an electric lift pump in it and it's still causing the same problem. So uh, hopefully that has helped you and helped others is that you know always keep in mind that and that's true with a gasoline engine too if you have entrained air in the fuel it's going to disturb everything especially on a fuel injected engine. So uh, you always want to try to look and see on a diesel very very common and be and it's very easy to uh, or in relative terms it's easy to put some some clear line in there and see what's happening. Interestingly enough the uh, the second question I have today is a fuel system question also and uh, I didn't choose these because I spoke about octane and cetane I just happened to pull them off the email and let me see what this gentleman says it's his name is Ronald and he writes hi sir I acquired a 1985 Hino Moto E152. The gentleman said he cut a field with no issues, came in for lunch, shut it off as normal. After lunch, all it would do is turn over but not start. Any ideas where I should start? 
troubleshooting the engine it only has the tractor only has 400 hours on the engine I'm thinking fuel delivery he hasn't changed the fuel filter in two years no other issues in the same period thank you for your help okay well first of all I've never even seen a Hino Moto I actually shouldn't say that I saw once I saw one in in my life and believe it or not in Cheyenne Wyoming uh, with my wife we were walking from the hotel to a restaurant there was one sitting in the edge of a field and uh, I did look up this model uh, on the internet and it was what I thought it's a small little subcompact tractor it's about 18 horsepower with a two-cylinder diesel engine and the way a diesel uh, when you shut the shut the key off on a diesel engine shut the shut the ignition off on a diesel engine it's not really ignition uh, in almost every application there is a solenoid that shuts the fuel off at the injection pump and that is uh, how the engine shuts off and that's why often most diesel especially older mechanical ones when they when you shut them off they actually sometimes even go maybe like a one one firing event longer or half a stroke longer and they don't shut off like a gas engine because you actually have to if there's a fuel event that is started that's going to have to finish before because the fuel is shut off at the pump uh, an educated guess that I have with this is that the uh, something happened with the uh, fuel shutoff solenoid and or the wire to it he said he was mowing a field I don't know what the field looked like uh, sometimes you'll get brush uh, that'll catch on a wire and unplug it but I would find the fuel shutoff solenoid and I would take a paper clip and I would jump out that wire all it is is a solenoid so it has 12 volts on one side and ground and it opens up a passage uh, usually has like a ball and seat in it to get uh, the fuel to flow so I would find that and I would start there by jumping out that solenoid that fuel sh shut off solenoid and then uh, see if you get some get fuel to it and then if not then I would backtrack and see what's going on I mean it does have a lift pump also and it's not impossible if it has a diaphragm style lift pump that the diaphragm failed um, you would tend to think that that it wouldn't that it would that it wouldn't fail so so quickly but that's that's also a possibility but if I would to, if I were a betting man and I am a betting man because I farm right so uh, but I'm betting with God with that one so that's a difference and I would uh, look at that fuel shut off switch the fuel shut off solenoid so listen thank you so much for listening to the podcast I greatly appreciate it and uh, I'm honored to those who listen and who come on to the website and just know that uh, the hot rod farmer here is pulling for America and pulling for the American farmer. May God bless you. You have a blessed day, and hopefully you'll listen. You'll listen next week. Mm-hmm.